Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney grooms Guy Zagreski and Dan Perry about their wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how they chose Disney for their wedding and how they planned everything and, of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Guy and Dan. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having us, Carrie. We're very happy to talk to you. Thanks for being on the show today. So I'd love to start at the beginning and find out how you guys decided to have a Disney wedding. Did it have anything to do with your spectacular Disney engagement story? Oh my gosh, of course. Yes, it did. It 100% had everything to do with our engagement. And I also think just our Disney story as well, how we had been going there together for a number of years, even before the engagement, and that made it such a special place for the both of us. Yeah. So I decided probably August of 2016 that I wanted to ask Dan to marry me. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to Disney World for two weeks in January. Why don't I do it then? So at first I was just going to plan on doing like, you know, doing a nice dinner and ask him to marry me then. And I was like, well, that's just not big enough for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, that I had read that you could do a private fireworks dinner at the Grand Floridian. I was like, mm, that's still just not big enough. And I was like, oh, I could do a fireworks cruise, one of those private wishes fireworks boat cruises. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome because we both love the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. And so... I was thinking, I was like, well, it would be really lame if I got this big boat and nobody else except for just Dan and me. That'd be super romantic, but it would be much more special if other people could show up, like his mom and my mom. And so I called his mom and my mom, and they were like, yes. And then his sister wanted to come, my dad wanted to come. And then I mentioned this proposing to Dan to some of our friends and they were like oh my god would you mind if I came and so it just got bigger and bigger and I was like well I just don't know if I want to do something bigger than just a fireworks boat cruise and so I was like how do I do something bigger well I was like Dan loves the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. Dan just loves to go to the Meisner's Lounge on the second floor and listen to the orchestra. It's just one of his favorite things to do. I was like, how do I get them involved? So I emailed some Disney execs because I stalked and found their emails. And I emailed them and I was like, can you please help me? So one of them got me in contact with the GM at the Grand Floridian, and that, and he got me in contact with the entertainment director at the Grand Floridian, and she helped me, her name was Anita, and she helped me 
to organize the music to be played for me to propose to Dan. So the way it worked is Dan and our really good friends, Melissa and Rob, they told Dan, because Dan's a really big planner and I need to figure out a way where he would not plan something that evening because Dan needs to know exactly what's going on all the time. This is true, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) I had to figure out how do I get him to not plan something or need to know something like the plan for an evening. And so I was like, I asked my friend Melissa and she was like, yes, I will figure this out. And so she sent Dan a Facebook message. This was like in October. And she sent Dan and me a Facebook message like, Rob and I have a surprise for you. Don't plan something for this night while you're in Disney World. Because they had been planning to come to Disney World anyway during the same time that we were there. So it wasn't weird that they were going to be doing something with us. So I had thought we were just doing some fun surprise thing that evening with our two friends. I was like, maybe we're just having a dinner and they're just... They want it to be something special. So there was sort of this cover event going on. So there was a placeholder thing. So it didn't seem like I was on edge about, you know, in hindsight, if it wouldn't wouldn't have been done this way, I probably would have been suspicious. But there was something planned. You know, I had no idea what was to come. And so the day of the engagement, which was to happen in January, oh, before all this, I had to get everybody down there. There were about 15 or 16 people that wanted to join us. So I got everybody hotel rooms, mostly at Saratoga Springs. And I was trying to figure out how do I get everybody to where I need them to be. And Disney was really great. The Grand Floridian was awesome. They were like, yes, we'll go pick them up and we'll bring them to wherever you need them to be at the time that you need them to be there. And so they they helped me get everybody um perfect timing to be where they needed to be without me even even having to worry about it. And so the day of the engagement, our friends Melissa and Rob, they told us to meet them at the Magic Kingdom monorail stop at like 6 p.m. And so we met them at 6 p.m. and we took the slowest monorail ride ever created to the Grand Floridian. And when we got we got out of the monorail... And we walked down to the... It was just very busy. Was it because the park was closing or something? Yeah, no, it was because the monorail was slow and okay. it kept stopping. And so so I was not nervous, but Guy was nervous about this at the time because he had this thing that he was planning for, for and, me and everyone. And we had timing. There were, there were timing issues. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to be late. We had to be at the Grand Floridian by 7 p.m. And so I was just really scared that we were going to be super late. And so we arrive, we get off the monorail, walk into the Grand Floridian, and I immediately notice the Disney suits walking around with earpieces signaling that we're there. And so we walk across to the stairs, and we go down the stairs, and they start to play. Quickly, I think this is really important. We went down the left side. Okay. Because everyone else, you had, or maybe the Grand Floridian people, had them placed on that second floor terrace on the, I guess that would be like the south-ish side. Do you know what I'm talking about, Carrie? Is that near the elevators? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they were sort of, everyone was hiding there. 
So we didn't take that main staircase. We took that small one that's by Citricos. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we walked over to the staircase by Citricos and went down the stairs. And the first song that I had requested to be played was Tell As Old As Time from Beauty and the Beast. When they started to play that, that was the sign that I needed to take Dan out to the middle of the lobby floor by the grand piano to start dancing. And so I took Dan and we started to dance to tell his oldest time because Dan loves to dance like that. He likes cheesy stuff like that. And so I was like, I knew he would want to dance. You and mean like old school yeah, like, dancing? Yeah, like old school, old old timey dancing kind of stuff. I do like it. And so he loves that. So I was like, I knew he would love to do that. And so halfway through the song, slowly our friends started to trickle out. And finally, after three or four people started to come out, he finally noticed that there were people that shouldn't be there that he knew from like Chicago and Iowa and Arkansas and Minnesota. Like he, he finally recognized that there were people that he knew that should not be there, but were actually there and they were starting to dance. And so Dan does this crazy thing. Whenever he gets surprised, he goes, what, what, what's going on? So eventually (laughs) his mom and his sister came out and he flipped out. There's this one picture of him that I call the ugly cry picture. And I forgot to say that Disney also had photographers there taking pictures. The PhotoPass people is really awesome. They had PhotoPass photographers taking pictures of the whole event, which was incredible of them to do. And so the picture of Dan, the ugly cry picture, is just priceless. So at that point, I was getting very emotional. And it was all happening very fast. There were people, essentially friends and family members of ours, that were dancing in pairs around us as the end of Tale as Old as Time is playing. And I'm really still not sure why they're there I'm not even really sure they are actually there. Like, it's this very out-of-body, surreal experience. I sort of compare it to, like, when you see a celebrity in person. It's like, why are you not on the TV? (laughs) Like, you shouldn't... Yeah, I just couldn't believe they were actually there. At that point, the song ended. And it changed to the second start of the right from Peter Pan. Peter Pan is Dan's favorite. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need a Peter Pan song. And so at that point... During Tell As Old As Time, um, my friend Melissa earlier that day had brought to the Grand Floridian the ring that I was giving to Dan and also this Pooh Bear Swarovski crystal jewelry um, holder. And they uh, took that and during Tell As Old As Time, Grand Floridian management came and put that onto the grand piano so that once one second start to the right began that is when i was supposed to propose to dan so i grabbed the pooh bear from the grand piano and i um you know did my little like oh i'm so lucky to have you i can't you were a surprise in my life and i opened the pooh bear and he saw the ring and i got down on one knee and i proposed and that was really awesome the entire like lobby applauded. It was really nice. It was very special um, and very joyful. And so, you know, we did. Of course, he said yes. 
That's why we got married. Um, that's why we're on your show, Carrie. That's <laughs> and so, and so after that, I had worked with Meisner's management and ordered appetizers, champagne, and all that kind of stuff for everybody to go up and celebrate. And then they didn't know, but I had one more surprise. I took everybody downstairs out to the marina and we all, I, we got two boats and we did a private fireworks wishes boat cruise, which was absolutely the most magical thing ever. It was perfect. But after that, it was really awesome. We went back up to Meisner's and unbeknownst to me, the Disney people, like I said, they had been taking pictures of us. They printed out and framed three or four pictures from the um, proposal. Wow. And had them set up in Meisner's waiting for us. Wow. It was magical. Yeah. And I had been the one that had been surprised the whole night and in complete emotional up and down, whatever. And that was a time that was really great to see Guy get a nice surprise yeah. Uh, that evening as well. And it made it extra special for him, I think. Yeah, it was really cool. Was, you know, it's, that's what they do. It's these little touches. And that made it very special. That's why you choose Disney. And so <laughs> we we had an incredible evening. I was, that whole night was incredibly joyful. And I am so grateful. And it was very, very emotional and beautiful. So mm. that really, I think, set up the conversation uh, of where we're going to get married and had us really seriously consider, of course, having a Disney wedding. And did you ever consider any place else or was it pretty much Disney all along? I would say, I think at the, at the onset of the conversation about where to get married, there may have been some other, yeah, probably I, here in Chicago. Yeah, I'm, of my choices would have been... In my head, my only choices were either eloping, doing it on a cruise, or a Disney wedding. Mm -hmm. Those were the only options in my head. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think either of us probably would have been fine with a Chicago wedding or eloping, whatever. But I think, I think, and I hear this on your show, Carrie, is I didn't know anything about having a Disney wedding. And... My gut reaction to it is that it would be prohibitively expensive for someone like me or like us as a couple. It seems like this very, you know, thing only certain people do. And when you start looking at the options, it's actually doable compared to having a wedding of a similar size anywhere else. And so that was a little, I guess, surprising to me. At the, how many options there are available to having an event, a wedding event at Disney World. So we decided that it was because Disney is such a big part of our, our life and our passion for travel and is a special place for us. It really just made total sense to have a Disney wedding. And so how did your friends and family react? Were they pretty much not at all shocked because they knew where your engagement had been? Or did you have anybody say, oh, that's a long way to travel? Not at all. Everybody was 
Yeah, they expected us to get married at Disney World. They were not surprised. We didn't tell all too many people that we were getting married there because we weren't able to invite everybody that we wanted to. We would love to have invited. That was one of the reasons we chose Disney World so we wouldn't have such a big wedding. We could have chosen to have a wedding Dan's from Minnesota and Iowa. I'm originally from Arkansas. We could have had it anywhere in one of any of those places. We could have had it in Chicago. And um, I think one of the reasons that we chose Disney, it's a destination wedding for us and for most of our guests. And so, you know, if we had it in Chicago, some people would have had to travel. If we had it in Arkansas, some people would have had to travel. Having it at Disney, everybody had to travel. So it was kind of equitable in that sense. Definitely. How many guests did you invite and how many made the trip? So I have the exact number of guests that attended. However, I'm... We, have, we invited 90. I think 90 to 100, somewhere yeah. around there. Mm-hmm. And we had 67 attend, plus the two of us made 69 total people at the events. Yeah. Got it. Now, how did you choose your ceremony and your reception venues? We looked at everything. We started our conversation with a, you know, how you initially start a conversation with a sales representative from Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings. And we got a sense of the timeline and when we can, you know, when did we want to get married? We, did, we wanted to do it in 2018. So what time of the year? And then when are we able to book certain things and it can all be done at 12 months out when you can secure is that right Carrie am I remembering that right yes yeah so we started having that conversation shortly after the engagement because our wedding was in February of 2018 and the proposal was in mid-January of 2017 so it was really after we returned home that we started diving in and we We thought about doing things at different parks or, you know, different venues. But what it really came down to for us was the emotional and beautiful connection that the two of us have to the Grand Floridian and how the engagement was there. And having that all tied in together made sense to us. Yeah, we didn't want to have it at the wedding pavilion because that it reminded us of a church, which is not really our um, our preference. Yeah, that's a good point, guide. We never considered the wedding pavilion, which I think is a rare case for most. I think a lot of people get married there, and a lot of people want to get married there, and I absolutely respect people that want to get married there and understand why they would want to get married there. But for us, that wasn't important. Neither of us are religious people. And even though it is a blank canvas and you could make it anything you want, it still had the feel for us as something more of a chapel or a church. It has pews. It has pews. So we really, we, and an altar. It has a traditional altar and pews. So we, we really wanted a space that sounded beautiful and meaningful to us on Disney property, but wasn't the wedding pavilion. Another factor I will 
discuss that was pretty major in terms of why we chose the Grand Floridian had a lot to do with where we, one thing we really cut costs on. So we decided that we wanted to do the ceremony and the reception at the Grand Floridian, not only because we love it there and it's beautiful and wonderful, but that we wouldn't have to pay for transportation between two separate events, saying having a ceremony at the Grand Floridian and a reception at, I don't know, Living Seas Salon or something like that. Um, So in that way, everything was very seamless and made it, I think, easier for guests and easier on our budget to have it follow. Yeah, and and one other thing in regards to a reception venue, we ended up choosing uh, the Grand Floridian ballrooms. We had actually discussed having an outdoor reception, like at there. I think it's called the Summer House at the Grand Floridian, which is absolutely lovely. It was very beautiful. It's outdoors, um, it, but if you have an outdoor reception that is viewable by regular guests, like public, normal people can be walking around and see your reception. You aren't allowed to have Disney characters at your reception. Mm -hmm. So um, Disney characters were very important for us to have at our reception. So we chose to have it in a more private area, like the ballrooms because mm-hmm. that was one of the only places you could actually have Disney characters visit. Now tell me about your choice of the marina for your ceremony because you don't see that used often and sometimes people worry about the noise of the functioning marina and the proximity to Gasparilla Grill and Games. How did that work out for you guys? I can certainly understand those concerns. However, we chose it because it was an outdoor space at the Grand Floridian that could support the size of our ceremony in terms of guests. And it had a view of Cinderella Castle. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And we've stayed at the Grand Floridian. We did during the engagement. And we know what it's like around there during the middle of the afternoon. On a, even It was a Saturday, for goodness sakes. It's quiet. Yeah. And Disney, you know, there were people, you know, like, sitting outside sure. around and they were watching our wedding, which was awesome. But like Disney, you have they have such a great team the, on the day of the wedding that crowd control was just incredible. I felt like we were in our own little world. Right. And I think for us, that worked. And we felt very well taken care of. I did not even blink thinking about anyone in the public interfering with our ceremony. However, if you are a Disney groom or bride that prefers the privacy and not having anyone else in sight, I can understand why you might choose another venue. And yeah. But for us, it came down to ranking importances and tailoring our event to what we wanted and what was important to us. And that's for every couple. They're going to come up with things that they value and that they think is important. And so for us, this was perfect. Plus, we got married in front of Cinderella's castle without spending $180,000. <laughs> that's the headline. <laughs> that is all I'm saying. So that's how you do it. It was perfect. It you know, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And, you know, another 
great point about the Grand Floridian Marina. We did not want to spend a lot of money on floral for our ceremony. So the marina was perfect because there are potted plants around. And the only money we spent for decor was for the rose petals for our flower characters. Which we will get into our flower characters. Yeah, later. However, yeah, we really didn't want to spend a lot of money on decor and floral for the ceremony. We focused that more on the reception. But the Grand Floridian grounds are beautiful. So it really just worked out just fine. Having I did not feel like it was barren or anything like that. It worked perfect for what we needed. And like I said, we got married in front of Cinderella's class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did you guys have a theme to your wedding? And how did you incorporate it? So our theme was Alice in Wonderland. And we incorporated that a little into the ceremony and also into our cocktail hour and our reception. It also began with our invitations that we sent to all of our invited guests. And they were handmade invitations that were of an Alice theme tied with a Alice blue, baby blue bow with a little bitty key attached to the end of that bow and opened up and it had a picture, you know, a drawing of the white rabbit and Alice. And it was just absolutely beautiful. When it opened up and the RSVP card was a pocket watch where they would fill it out. And then my favorite for the invitation, my favorite line in our invitation was dinner and dancing in Wonderland to follow. <laughs> <laughs> that was what we were wanting people to experience. Mm -hmm. That was the first way that we incorporated our theme of Wonderland. Um, and then for our ceremony, the, well, we had what we called flower characters. We allowed all of the children that were in our party and any children that happened to come to our wedding. There weren't very many children that came to our wedding. It was probably, what, eight? I believe, eight children. Um, and there were five children in our wedding party. We had one boy that was handing out the programs, and we allowed all of them to dress as their favorite Disney characters. The little boy that passed out the programs, he dressed as Prince Charming. And then Dan and I each had a one girl and one boy who escorted us essentially down the aisle. I had uh, Elena of Avalor, and a stormtrooper escort me down the aisle. <laughs> Dan had Cinderella and Iron Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And why I mentioned that is because we called all of those kids flower characters. And each side, the each set of kids that were escorting us each had a Mad Hatter hat. And inside of that very large Mad Hatter hat were rose petals. And so as we got to um, where we were at the end of the aisle, um, they started to throw rose petals on the ground. It was absolutely beautiful. Just to clarify something a little bit, we did something a little more unique when it comes to how we entered the ceremony. And I, and I would encourage couples to consider that 
particularly for the space we were using, I think it worked really well. We actually had our party enter up the center aisle. However, we had our flower characters enter from the sides by either one of the buildings. If you can picture at the marina, there is one uh, resort guest building to one side and there's another resort guest building to the other side. And our flower characters entered from either side and came into the front of the ceremony. And then Guy with his parents and myself with my parents followed from either side and met in the middle. So instead of walking up the center aisle, we didn't want to pick who goes first, who does that. So we thought, why don't we just meet in the middle? Yeah. So that was kind of perfect. And so um, in regards to Wonderland, after the wedding, we had a Mad Hatter themed cocktail hour. And so there were just little touches. Dan and I actually didn't get to see all this other than through pictures because we didn't attend the cocktail hour because we were getting photos. And we wanted a grand entrance into our wedding reception, obviously. Um, So we couldn't be seen before our reception. So uh, we had a Mad Hatter cocktail hour. And they had like teacups with flowers inside of it placed around the tables. But then after the Mad Hatter cocktail hour... Our reception room was themed a a woodsy wonderland. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, so we kind of wanted the cocktail hour to be a little bit more bright colors. Mm -hmm. You know, it was semi-outdoors because actually it was at the Whitehall Room and Patio was where the cocktail hour was. So we wanted it to be a little bit more bright. And then we wanted the reception to be more of a transition into some more elegant evening type colors and so we thought well we could do sort of like a forest wonderland theme sort of like an elegant foresty type situation and i would say that alice in wonderland one of the reasons we picked this as a theme not only do we love it it's you can do so much with it yeah we thought about other films and other types of things we could do but we just loved the alice in wonderland Mm -hmm. idea because of how much you could do with it yeah and it was really great because our florist they don't give you a mock-up of what the table decor is going to look like i think they charge for that and we didn't want to pay for that but our florist gave us very detailed uh descriptions of what it was going to look out look like all of these handmade like bark covered candle vases and just all of this like this beautiful like miniature wooden tree in the middle of each table and I was I knew I knew as Disney I know some people might get nervous not knowing exactly what things are going to look like but when we walked into that room and when I saw those centerpieces I was blown away I was like whoa and I couldn't believe they did it in our budget that was, incre- it was very impressive. So I'm very impressed by the floral. It was just, and then the they have, what's that lighting called? The image lighting? Oh, the gobos? Yeah, gobo. We had, they um, used a forest gobo. So it was like a forest gobo that was projected behind our sweetheart table. So that just completely added to the ambiance. Mm-hmm. And... Some more about the theming and how we tied all of that in. We had, I what I really liked is we had all these little touches. So we had the table names 
themed after Alice in Wonderland characters. So when guests received their place card, which was a chocolate, which was a chocolate, it's had the name of the table on it, which was a character. And then when you got to that table, there was a little card that said the character with the picture of the character. And then for our cocktail hour, as well as the um, reception bar menu, we had two themed drinks. We had one that was a mocktail for people that don't want to consume alcohol or children. And then we had a themed cocktail and they were called Golden Afternoon, which is an Alice in Wonderland tie-in. And And yours... mocktail was Curiouser and Curiouser. And we had the little tags tied to the drinks that said, Drink Me. It was very cute. It's very cute. And then I knew I wanted an over-the-top cake. (laughs) I was like, you know, I'm in Disney World. I want... Only di- I want things only Disney can do. That's also something very important. That was very important for us. We're having a wedding at Disney World. So it's really important that we spend money on things that only Disney can do. So the cake was completely Alice in Wonderland. We went over the top with what we wanted for the design and they did it to the T. We just described exactly what we wanted and there it is when we walked into the reception room, into the ballroom, there it was in living color. So very interesting tidbit about cake design at Disney World. We wanted the Cheshire Cat to be a complete part, like a layer of our cake, like the actual cat to be a layer. Interesting tidbit. There's a lot of licensing issues in regards to Disney characters for Disney weddings to be put on Disney cakes. I didn't realize that because I just thought Disney owns it. So it should be okay to have it on, you know, our cake. But they would not allow us to have the Cheshire cat in cake form. Hmm. So they they gave us the option to either have like a printout of the Cheshire cat full bodied and placed on the cake or have his head on the cake. And so we chose to have his face, well, his face, to have his face on the cake. So we had his happy little face on the cake, but with the bottom layer being Cheshire Cat colors of pink and white. And then on top of that, we wanted the Mad Hatter as the top layer of the cake. And so they did that. And instead, there's like this one part of the a Mad Hatter hat that has a piece of paper in it that says two numbers on it. And so they put our wedding date of 210 on, uh, on that piece of paper, which was really awesome. And they had no problem surprisingly with us on the top for our cake topper, having Alice falling through the, the rabbit hole with her legs sticking up out of the cake. I thought that would be a problem to have her legs sticking up out of the cake, but they were like, it's just giving the illusion that it's Alice. It's not, we're not, it's not showing her as a full character. Mm -hmm. So it was really awesome that we could have Alice falling into the rabbit hole on the top of our cake. And at the bottom of our cake, surrounding our cake, they had a lot of little tchotchkes, like the eat me cookies. And they even had a pocket watch and the time on the pocket watch was 2.10, which is our wedding date. Ah. The details were just incredible. Mm-hmm. And did you guys add any entertainment to the reception? Well, yes, we did. So we actually, in the ceremony, you can get this character called the Major Domo. 
In the major domo, what, hap- what he does is at the ring part of the ceremony, you act like you lost the rings. And then all of a sudden, when you wish upon a star starts playing. And the major domo, who is a character from Cinderella, comes in and saves the day. He comes down the aisle and he has a pillow in his hand with Cinderella's glass slipper on the pillow and the wedding rings inside of the glass slipper. So he saves the day at the wedding um, ceremony. And then we, for our wedding reception, the major domo also played a part. We decided that we did not want to do a traditional introduction for our wedding party. We didn't want to have them do an entrance. And so we just had them enter with all the other guests. But what we did want, since we had all the children dressed up as Disney characters, we wanted to do a very special children's entrance. And we ended up calling it the Royal Children of the Court. And so Disney provided ribbon wands and the major domo entered the wedding reception and introduced the royal children of the court and the royal children of the court paraded into the reception ballroom and surrounded the dance floor. And after the kids, the royal children of the court, were standing around the dance floor waving their ribbon wands the major domo introduced Dan and I into the room, which was absolutely a, so much fun. And immediately following that, he handed the the major domo handed over the reception to us, and we did our first dance. So that was the first entertainment that we had, and the second part, uh, the second entertainment we had, were our Disney character section. The first thing that happened is Donald and Goofy came out into the reception and started and danced with everybody. We had a dance off with Donald and Goofy. Of course, Goofy and me beat Donald and Dan. We won the <laughs> dance off. And I'm really sorry that Donald is once again not number one. Um, but, so we had a dance off. And then um, they time it so you get like 30 minutes with, the, with each set of characters. So... We had 15 minutes of pure dancing with Donald and Goofy. After the 15-minute mark, they introduced Mickey and Minnie into, into the reception, and we cut the cake with Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy, which was incredible. And then after the cake cutting, we all went out into the lobby of the convention center, and we did pictures. And then we let our guests do like a meet and greet with all four of them. And then Donald and Goofy left. And then Mickey and Minnie came in for about 10 minutes of dancing um, in the reception. So that was really awesome. It was a really great surprise for all of our guests. They were just blown away by that little surprise. It was incredible i love to see the looks on people's face and i will say one thing i was so in awe of and so loved is that literally everyone was into it it wasn't just the kids it wasn't just like our friends it was our parents our aunts and uncles they just embraced it we loved that so much we it made for such a fun atmosphere mm-hmm. and i think when you saw donald and goofy that was one thing and then when mickey and minnie they were like oh my gosh again <laughs> yeah now do you have any menu item or cake flavor recommendations from your reception yes so we 
opted to do the site visit, which you can do usually around six months before your event. And so we were able to meet with our wedding planner and then following meet with the catering team at the Grand Floridian and do a tasting of menu items. And then while we were at Frank Studio, we did the cake tasting. And, you know, we got to pick what we wanted to try. And I would say we went mostly with what we tried. And I would say I loved the beef tenderloin. I highly recommend that. This is specific to the Grand Floridian. So I don't know if if you're somewhere else, maybe they have other menu items. But at the Grand Floridian Convention Center, we loved the beef tenderloin. There was this mushroom salad that I just loved. And Guy doesn't like that kind of thing. But my mom and I liked it. So what they did is they just had a small portion of it divvied to myself and my mother on the day of the wedding. And it was sort of this little thing they just put in the BEO and they didn't charge extra for it. It was just like, yeah, we'll give you that. That's okay. Nice. Yeah. They also, I love Disney's chicken nuggets that they serve because I'm kind of like a little kid and I just love the chicken nuggets that you can get like the Magic Kingdom. You can get them anywhere at Disney World. And so instead of making me add that as a menu option for our buffet they provided those to me on a very lovely plate that they brought to me just for me i had a whole plate of chicken nuggets and french fries (laughs) i was very excited about that and guy you already just mentioned it we had a buffet and Guy was the original person to suggest that and the reason is is he really wanted it to be a little bit more of a atmosphere where people are up and moving. They're not sitting at their table forever. That was sort of the atmosphere he wanted. And I was so on board with that. I was like, why not? Yeah, the the food either way is going to be great. So it doesn't matter to me. And the other great thing about doing a buffet is it actually cuts down on your dinner service time. So it's a little bit shorter than if you were to have a plated menu. So we were able to have more time for just casual chit-chatting and dancing and the cake portion and other stuff we have already talked about. So in terms of the cake flavors, we tried all sorts of things when we were at Franck's, but we settled on a chocolate with chocolate crunch filling, which was delicious, and an amaretto, because I love amaretto, like that almond flavor, with an amaretto crunch filling. So we had sort of a chocolate option and then a nut option that was, and they were both very delicious. I love the amaretto with the amaretto crisp. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just absolutely... We had so much cake left over after the wedding and we had, we brought it to our room. And so that the rest of the week that we were there, I was just eating that amaretto and amaretto crisp cake. I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. I had it for (laughs) breakfast, I had it for snacks. Oh my God, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Whatever cake you choose will be great. We just went with stuff that we liked, you know, and their cake is awesome. Oh, it's so good. So it turned out great. Now, speaking of dessert, did you guys add a dessert party to your day or on either side of your event? Yes, we did. We knew through your show, as well as looking up stuff and talking with our wedding planner and whatnot, that a dessert party was something you could do as part of the wedding day or whatever. And one thing we really liked about the idea of a dessert party is it can be sort of a time that you can use that a lot of people use as a rehearsal dinner. 
So instead of having a rehearsal dinner, we had a rehearsal day dessert party. So we incorporated that into our events in that it was the day before on Friday, February 9th. So we had our rehearsal in the morning that day with our wedding party and family. And one important thing is we didn't tell anybody what we were going to be doing with them for like the rehearsal dinner time. We just told people, be free at this time and we will tell you where to be when it's time for us to tell you where to be. Exactly. So guys, very good at this, a la the engagement story. We wanted it to be a surprise, you know, so we told people the timing of things, but we didn't want them to know where it was because we wanted to be like, oh, this is cool that you're doing this. So we had the rehearsal that morning and then we had a break and then we had everyone meet when we told them we had everyone meet at the front of Epcot, which is where our dessert party was. And we decided to have a dessert party for illuminations at Epcot at UK Lockside. That was absolutely phenomenal. We looked at various locations to have a dessert party. And it was really what it came down to was our guest count and just sort of ranking our choices and seeing what was available and then booking it for us. And UK Lockside was perfect. It's, uh, Carrie, you know all about UK Lockside. I've heard you talk about it and your guests talk about it. I am happy to speak more about how great it is. We loved the location. I have never watched Illuminations from there. So seeing Illuminations from that vantage point was phenomenal. We had a nice little private space. Basically, it's they sort of rope off that area for you and your guests. And I should mention that UK Lockside can accommodate up to 50. We had somewhere around 40-ish, I would say. And that was just perfect. You can really do the dessert party as opulent or as basic as you want. The other great thing about having the Illuminations dessert party that was really attractive for us is the minimum for it, the minimum spending, I should say, is not really that high. So they make you pay a venue use fee, which is low, and then a per person uh, entrance into the park thing, which is low. And then you have to meet, I think, certain thing for food but it's not really that high. It's very easy to meet the minimum. Very easy and and not crazy expensive. So we had two desserts. So we had Mickey ice cream bars and we had Mickey pretzels. And then I love coconut cream pie. So we had coconut cream pie tarts. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think one interesting thing about the pricing of all this is I had asked, could we get the a la carte pricing? Like, you know, per, you know, like how much would it be if like we wanted to just like, you know, pay per item that people actually consumed. And it ended up based off of the estimates to be almost the same amount of money to have those three options as unlimited. Interesting. Um, It's very interesting. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, it just makes financial sense to have these three options. So we entered Epcot around 7, and then the dessert party began immediately, I would say probably 7.15, 7.30. Yeah, once we got over there. Once we got over there, we did not want to host a bar there because it was the day before the wedding. We didn't think it was necessary, and it cut down on costs. So with the uh, venue use, though, they include things like juice, water, coffee, tea, and whatever, so that was fine. So 
the dessert party was fantastic. The people hosting it were really great. It was a really, you know, nice little private space. And it made an Illuminations experience so stress-free. Because as you and maybe your listeners know, with these fireworks shows, you got to camp out got to find your spot. It's not going to be maybe the most comfortable. It was great to have just the opportunity to have our own space. Right. And another great thing about this is that a lot of our guests traveled quite, you know, that they spend a lot of money to come to our wedding. And so, you know, some of them weren't at Disney World for that long of a time period. So they didn't get to you know, maybe they they didn't get to go to any parks or maybe just one park. And so to be able to provide our guests with this dessert party allowed us to give them the gift of going to a Disney park without having to pay for it mm-hmm. and to see, to experience an incredible fireworks show. But not only did they get to experience a fireworks show, we had another surprise for them. After Illuminations... Our guide was instructed not to tell any of our guests where we were going at any point during the evening. And this was also the case after um, Illuminations. Everybody assumed we were going to exit the park. But instead, we were guided over to Norway. And we did a ride mix-in for the Frozen Ever After ride, which was incredible. And we chose the Frozen Ever After ride very specifically because we had the option, I guess, to do Soren. And I think almost any of our wedding guests would have done Soren on their own if they had the opportunity. I don't think most of them would have chosen to do Frozen for whatever reason, whether it be the long wait that Frozen usually has or because they might think it's just for kids. But I'm really glad that we chose it. Because most of them wouldn't have ever gone on that ride. And everybody that wrote it loved it. Mm-hmm. So it was just the most perfect ending to the most perfect rehearsal celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really just one of, it was a really great surprise for everyone to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think another thing about Frozen that was just felt safe for me is it isn't a really a thrill ride necessarily so we weren't going to scare anyone yeah because soren it has that element of like maybe you feel like you're flying and that might not have been okay with everyone so i felt very comfortable doing frozen Mm -hmm. and knowing that no one would be like weirded out by it as a ride experience yeah Yeah, that's a really good point Yeah. yeah Because we had all sorts of people. We had older adults. We had little young kids. And so mm. I think it felt... Felt safe. It felt safe doing that. And I love Frozen. Come on. Yeah. Let, let it go. Come on, yeah. on. Come on on in, Elsa. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you had this amazing rehearsal experience. And then you had this even more amazing wedding. What ended up being your favorite memory of the whole wedding day? So we're each going to give our own. And I would like to say that my favorite memory of all time for the whole day was when Guy saw me at our first look because it was just this incredibly emotional experience and response from him. And I could just feel the energy and the love that he had for me. And he cried and it was really beautiful. And I, you just can't, you can't replace that feeling. That's, that's, it's so special and it's, just one of those lifetime moments along with the engagement and that 
I, that's like such, there's such joy surrounding that, that that's really, I think my top memory from the day. I think I, one of my top memories was, so our ceremony was super emotional. There were lots of tears, um, just a roller coaster. And so the major domo really broke the, um, it just broke up the emotions. It brought in a much needed, um, just spot of joy, a spot of magic. So that was really awesome. And also, my dad, like, like I said, we're not like the most religious people ever, but my mom and dad are faithful Catholics. And so they they do a blessing before every meal that they eat. It doesn't matter where they are. They always pray before they eat. And so I was like, I'll have my dad give a blessing. And so he got up, took the microphone, and he's a very quiet, understated man. And he, and he, he started off his, his speech. And he was like, I'm a man of few words. And he just <laughs> broke down. Like he started to cry. And then I started to cry. And I was like, oh my God, my dad just broke me. <laughs> that was probably one of the most, that was extraordinarily beautiful. Uh-huh. And I would like to add one thing really quick. We also, which we can talk about, we also loved our Magic Kingdom portrait session. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Oh, that's great. Did you do that the next day or did you give yourself a break and wait a couple days? Two days later. A bit of a break. We did it on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Monday. Our wedding was on a Saturday and did it on a Monday. So then was there any part of the wedding that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? So one thing that came on a little unexpected for us was the photographer's assistant had some language that was used with us that made us uncomfortable. And it started out during a conversation we had with Ali as well as the assistant during like, it was sort of like a Skype type conversation. And I really do not think he meant any harm at all. I just think he's been in the biz for a long time and he's worked with in very similar situations and he just does his job and he goes through the motions. But he used the language bridal party several times throughout our conversation. And in my head, I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he's saying this to us, because there is no bride. We're grooms. So it happened very quickly in the conversation that we had online with them. So we shot our wedding planner an email and said, we really didn't know how to address it with him. So we just, you know, brought it up with her and she did the right thing and she followed up with Disney photography and everything like that. And we didn't hear anything else. So on the day of the wedding, we were doing our pre-ceremony photos at the Grand Floridian in the lobby. And he, you know, this was... I would say about 30 minutes before the ceremony, we're doing our pictures with our attendants on the staircase and it slips out again. And it made me very uncomfortable. And I was really wanted to let it go because this is my, my wedding day. This is guy's wedding day. I didn't want anything to interrupt anything. So I immediately corrected him. And then he apologized afterward when we had a moment to speak with him. This is our, this is the assistant that was helping our photographer And 
I think it was unexpected. And, and, and it, those weren't the only two incidences where something like, like this happened with that individual. He was making assumptions that like people in my wedding party were together um, like men and women were in my wedding party were like a couple and we had explained prior to that who everybody was and how nobody was together but he kept making this assumption that everybody was together uh, like romantically involved in some way even though before we even started the photos in our get for our getting ready photos, we all we had explained who everybody was and their relationship with each other. Um, so I, I'm not sure if he was just not listening or if he just was, you know, maybe just going with his going with the flow of his doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And, and like it doesn't sound like a, a huge deal, but the the language is really important to us. You know, mm-hmm. like, we're not brides. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not, it just didn't seem appropriate. Mm-hmm. I got the sense that he is just a person that's been doing this a really long time, and he's just going through the motions, and he didn't mean any harm intentionally. Mm-hmm. It just slipped out. Right. It was a small thing. However, it made an impact on us. Yeah. So I would say that was one sort of, that this is probably literally the only thing that didn't really go quite as expected is that there was a little hiccup in terms of everyone being culturally proficient and understanding of who we are as a couple. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to say Ali, our photographer is incredible, like beyond amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's the only I, I, he apologized. It was resolved in the sense that we were able to talk to him about it. And Christy, our wedding planner, followed up through the proper channels. And we were able to discuss it in our post-wedding survey, etc. So I would say the advice I would give to couples, whether you are a man and a woman, or a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or have any sort of other characteristics to your group and your wedding and everything is that you just are very transparent and open and have great communication with everyone throughout your day and prior to your events. So you know that everyone understands everything about you and your group and what is appropriate. That's a really good tip. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal or you were stressed out about when you were planning and then turned out not to be? The guest count. (laughs) Yeah, the guest count was pretty stressful. Like we invited, I don't know, almost 100 people. And we were, we assumed everybody was telling us, uh, yeah, you know, maybe expect like, like, you know, since it's a destination wedding, expect like 40 or 50 people to show, uh, to show up or RSVPS, and the closer we got to our the day that we were supposed to have our final guest count, it looked like 90 people were going to show up, and because that's what everybody was telling us that they were coming, and so it ended, like, we were tallying all the numbers, and it was 90 people. We were not budgeted for 90 people. We were budgeted for 70 people. And if we had 90 people showing up, that meant we were going to have to do some cutting of our um, 
of our like deck decor or something. But I know I was so stressed out about it. I was like, where are we going to find this extra $10,000? Because I don't want to cut Mickey and Minnie. Or anything. <laughs> and I was like, where can I find all this money? But it ended up, we had exactly the amount of people at our wedding that we had budgeted. Mm-hmm. So we got kind of lucky in a sense. I think the if I were to go back and do it differently, I think we should have budgeted for you know, like overestimate a little bit. I thought we were overestimating with 70. Yeah. Because people were telling us, you know, it's a destination wedding. So 50, but then it's like, but it's a Disney world destination wedding. I think that might be a little different. People Mm -hmm. like all of our guests are like, I've never been to a Disney wedding. And I was like, I haven't either. This will be my first one too. Mm -hmm. So I think it made a little difference. And the other aspect, Carrie, too, about our guest count is everyone we invited was a close, close, close friend or a family member. Mm -hmm. So I think that made our guest, final guest count, you know, our pretty, you know, we got almost 70 of inviting 90 to 95 people. That's a pretty good percentage. And I think the reason is, is it's because it's everyone that's really close to us. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And so I think that's something to think about is what is the kind of relationship you have with these people Mm -hmm. and the likelihood of them coming. And so I think guest count can be stressful. However, it ended up working out. Yeah. So we fretted about it quite a bit. A lot. (laughs) But it ended up turning out not to be stressful. So another thing that was a little stressful for me beforehand that ended up not being stressful at all is we didn't provide any transportation for our guests whatsoever. And I was worried that that was going to be a problem for people because they've, you know, a lot of people have never been to Disney before. um, And I was worried people weren't going to be on time or anything like that, but we gave them a ton of information. And so I think that's just what you should do. And if you aren't going to provide transportation and it all just worked out, everyone was on time and it was fine. Oh, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other tips or advice for couples who are interested in having a Disney wedding? Oh yeah, definitely. Trust the Disney wedding planner. We had an incredible wedding planner she would ask us questions and then just from our answers that we would give she would know exactly what we would want and I think that's not only because we put our complete and full trust in her we tried to get to know her um, because she's very she, she was awesome and I think building that relationship with her really just helped us to build the trust Um, that we needed in order to fully like let the Disney wedding planner do her job because you know we're here in Chicago not anywhere near Disney World so there's no way we could have micromanaged anything I don't think Um, so it was really important that we fully trusted her because they know what they're doing she's our wedding planner apparently has done over 200 weddings Disney weddings so it's like, you know, if she if she can't do it right, um, I don't think anybody can. <laughs> so. Right. And so I would just like to echo what Guy said. I fully advocate for building a really strong relationship with your wedding planner because they are very good at it. And you will come out of the wedding friends with your wedding planner oh. if you do that. Yeah. And we just had such a great time working with her. 
She was there for every question we had. If she wasn't available, we knew who to talk to. It was a very agreeable type relationship. There was never a no. It was like, okay, but how can we do this? Or what can we do? Incredible. Yeah. Same goes for the florist and for everyone else we worked with at Disney Weddings. Yeah, it was great. That's wonderful. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? So my Instagram is probably the best place to see photos from our day. We just, uh, I'll be posting more photos on there once we download them. Got it. And I'll put a slideshow of photos in the post for this episode on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Perfect. Well, Guy and Dan, thank you both for taking time to share the story of your day with me and my listeners. I think it's been super helpful with a lot of great tips for anyone who's interested in planning a wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, thank you, Carrie. This was awesome. Thank you, Carrie, very much. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>